power of thanks and gratitude. You know, there's so many things that I have particularly right now to be grateful for. I have thanks that God has protected us during this COVID crisis. I have thanks for what God has done through our church and the opportunities that have taken place. In the Bible, there's an interesting pattern. And sometimes things are taught in the scripture by patterns. I mean, there's some obvious commands that we'll deal with in a minute. But people that are grateful experience the open windows of heaven. People who complain and grumble are the people who find themselves wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, like the stories of the children of Israel that you heard. There's something about gratitude that invites the intervention of God into our behalf. When I told you just now that Jesus, as I read to you from the word, that he gave thanks, he gave thanks for the opportunity to suffer and to give himself for us. The Bible says that Jesus tells us these things so that in John 15, 11, you will be filled with my joy. And yes, I like this part, your joy will overflow. I used to work in produce for Piggly Wiggly grocery stores, finest grocery store that God ever created. I worked for them when the, they had some real great principles and values. And because I knew a little bit about agriculture, I got hired in to do produce. And I will never forget Mr. Mosley setting me down and saying, now, Denny, whenever a customer buys from Piggly Wiggly, we want them to get more than they bargained for. So when we fill a bag of potatoes and it says five pounds, there's going to be over five pounds in that bag. I don't ever want anybody coming back and complaining that they didn't get what they paid for. And Denny, if you see a bad potato, you toss it out. We don't want any bad potatoes in there. We want good potatoes. And I learned a lot from Mr. Mosley, and every Saturday he took me to lunch and he would talk to me about Christian values, and he would talk to me about business and leadership. And when I sensed that God was calling me into the ministry, Mr. Mosley was right there encouraging me. One of the things that he taught me was always be grateful. Be grateful to the customer. Be grateful for your job. Be grateful to Christ for what he's done. And Mr. Mosley would always bow his head and lead us in the world's longest prayer for our lunch. I used to tell him, you should have been a preacher because they always pray long prayers over lunch. That's why I pray very brief prayers when we eat. So if you want a long prayer, go to Pastor Boring. If you want a short prayer, come to me. If you want an eternal prayer, go to Pastor Mark. He will pray on and on and on for everything that God has done for us. And I like that about each of them, but my prayers are brief. Lord, thank you for what you've given to us. The Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. Now listen carefully. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now the Bible's not saying that we give thanks for coronavirus. We don't give thanks for the COVID-19 crisis. But in the midst of those crises, we give thanks because it's the will of God that you and I live with grateful hearts for everything that he's done for us. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians 5, and you might want to just jot this down in your notes because I didn't include it in the outline, but in Ephesians chapter 5, God shows us kind of what a grateful heart looks like. And right after he talks about, listen, right after he talks about this, he talks about marriage. 
He talks about family and children. And God says that, that in people who are, have grateful hearts, one of the ways you know is their hearts overflow with song. There's always music. They're making melody in their harps. It's like I can't play any instruments. I have problems playing my car stereo with all of its little buttons and knobs. But I have a musical instrument in my heart, and I can sing to the Lord. And sometimes, if you know what I'm talking about, just kind of wave at me. Sometimes I can feel the music inside of me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Wave your hand at me. I feel the music. And that became real to me when Becky and I visited one of her favorite composers' house. We visited Beethoven's house, and, and she purchased some music, their copies. She purchased some music that he had written, but he couldn't hear, and he could feel the music inside of him. And sometimes he would put something up to his face, and they showed us the instrument, and when he would play the harpsichord, he would feel the music. He wanted to feel what he was writing. And so here is this deaf man composing these wonderful songs and wonderful compositions that we still remember today. You see, gratitude, it's why it's important we learn these songs because when you face a problem, if you have the word of the Lord hidden in your heart, you have a song in your heart, then you face a problem and you begin to sing the songs of faith. You begin to sing songs like our God is an awesome God. You begin to sing songs like we sang just now, give thanks for all that he has done. Or you begin to sing songs like we sang earlier today, what can separate me from his love? You know that God is in control. The second way you know that somebody has a grateful heart is that their heart overflows with the word of the Lord. Their heart is full of the word of God. They've hidden the scriptures in their heart. And so when they're faced with troubles, they're faced with COVID crisis, they're faced with illness, or they're faced with death, they're not overwhelmed with the lies of the enemy, and they're not overwhelmed with the lies of, of, of the disease. And it's a real disease, but we know that if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen? We have the word of the Lord hidden in our hearts. We have a family in our church right now that I can't call the name out. They're going through a horrible, horrible health crisis right now. As a matter of fact, they were here for the first service. They, they are going through one of the biggest, toughest challenges I've ever watched a family go through right now. But every single day, they're giving God thanks. They're praising God. I have not heard one complaint from them during the four weeks that we've been walking through this thing together as a family, as a church family together. But they send me songs, and they're not out of touch with reality. They know exactly what's going on. But in everything, we give thanks. And the third way that we know that we have grateful hearts is we submit to one another. I never power up on my wife. One, I fear God, and I fear her too much to do that. But I don't lord it over my house and say, I'm the master of this house. I'm the keeper of the keys. You know, I, you know, we mutually submit to one another. We pray together. We work together. Even presidents and governors have to be submitted to one another. Even, even leaders of cities and communities, we submit to one another out of love and fear of God because it's what grateful people do. I didn't share this with the first service because we wanted to be done in time when you were here, but let me show you, share with you some of the things that, the, that studies have shown that people have grateful hearts. They feel better about their life. They're more optimistic. They're more energetic, enthusiastic, determined. They're more joyful. They handle challenges better. They exercise more. People that are grateful 
get up off their duff and they exercise. They have fewer illnesses. They get more sleep. They make progress towards their goals. They're more likely to help someone else. They're more generous. They're less envious of those with more possessions. They think more clearly. They're resilient during tough times. They have higher immune responses. They're not plagued by stress like the rest of us are. They live longer lives. They have closer family ties. And guess what the very last one was? They are people of faith. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise for that? That's what several major studies. Serving Christ will naturally bring about a grateful heart in you. So I wanted to address this today as I was praying, and I just want to share with you some things that I am thankful to God for. I am thankful to God for how you've served our community. I am thankful for God for the way that you've stepped up and you've served the Lord out of joy. We've had so many volunteers to help us during this time, and I have marveled, <clears throat> pardon me, I have marveled at the number of people who have said to us, Thank you for giving me an opportunity to serve. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to help. This has meant so much to be able to serve and to help others. You've not done it out of guilt. You've not done it out of compulsion. You've not done it out of somehow or another that somebody got a hold of your arm and says, oh, if you don't help, people are going to go hungry. You have responded because you have grateful hearts to the Lord. You know, I believe, I, I know I can say with confidence, hundreds of people have been served by this church during the COVID crisis. And I believe I can say, because we don't keep count of everybody, but I believe easily I can say that we've served over a thousand people. But just to be on the safe side, I will say we've served hundreds. And I was told after the first service, we have served well over a thousand people during this time. You say, Pastor, how do you know? Because people in the community are coming up and thanking me for what you've been doing and how you've been serving. The Bible says, and I want you to repeat this verse after me. I'm going to read a phrase of it, and then I want you to repeat it with me. Your faith in the Lord, let's say it together. Your faith in the Lord, I couldn't hear you. Your faith and your service are like a sacrifice offered to him. And your service, let's try it again. And your service are like a sacrifice Offer to him. We'll make it short tidbits like that. What is God saying? He's saying, when you serve other people, it's like offering up a sacrifice. Now, you and I don't really get that, but the Jewish people would have gotten that because the sacrifices, the Lord said they were like a sweet-smelling incense. They were like a sweet-smelling fragrance. Every time you serve people, you are serving God. So every time you have the opportunity to step up and serve and work in your ministry gifts, work in the gifts of the Spirit that God has given you, you have the opportunity to help people. You know, this morning I got in my car and I've been saying, Lord, I need you to teach me more ways to be grateful. And so this week I've just been looking for more ways, more people to thank. And I, I believe I've always had a grateful heart, but I just more creative ways. For instance, I've always prayed with our family before every meal. But a number of years ago, long before we moved up here, the Holy Spirit convicted me one day and said, you know, you're saying the same prayer every single day. You're saying, Father, thank you for this food. Thank you for the hands that prepared it. Thank you for the people that, you know, grew it. Thank you for the people who got it to us. Thank you that we had the resources to buy it with. And, you know, and I, I prayed that my kids could repeat my prayer for me, you know. So sometimes I'd ask them to pray, and they would say my prayer. 
And so the Lord said, I want you to start being more specific. And so I really look for particular ways to say grace and to say the blessing. But you know, I've been saying, Lord, help me to find more creative ways. So this morning I got in my car and I was like, okay, Lord, how am I going to see, how am I going to say thank you today? And so driving here, I decided I would give God thanks for everything I saw that struck a note of beauty in my heart. Well, that was easy to do driving through our subdivision. People with their flowers growing, you know, people that I knew, like my neighbor who just shared some uh, fresh sweet basil with us, like one of my other neighbors, they had somebody bless them with several dozen of eggs. They bought two dozen of eggs over to us. and share. I ate so many omelets that week. You need to pray for my cholesterol level because I love cheese omelets with mushrooms in it. And so I, I consumed omelets like crazy that week. Sorry I didn't share them with you, but um, you pray for me later. But I just started giving God thanks for my neighbors, for people. But then I left our subdivision. I got to Telegraph Road. And this is exactly what I thought. I says, God, there's nothing to praise you for on Telegraph Road. And so I got out on Telegraph Road, and then it dawned on me, the very first thing to give God thanks for. I said, Lord, thank you. There are no potholes out here on Telegraph Roads. I would have never thought about that while we lived in Georgia. But on Telegraph Road between here and Van Horn, there, Van Horn's another story, but Telegraph Road was all good. And then I began to notice the flowers that businesses had planted. I began to notice the big flag in front of Ruglick's Garden Center. And I found myself just thanking God. You know, when you ask the Lord to help you see with new lenses and new eyes, because none of us, listen, none of us are born with a grateful heart. The Bible says we were all born sinners. We come into this world wanting for ourselves, and it takes the born-again experience to really give us the eyes to see everything with gratitude. The second thing I want to say is thank you for how you've shared your faith. Thank you for the way you've been sharing your faith stories, and thank you for the people that you've not only witnessed to, but you've prayed for. Thank you for when you've served people, you've served them in the name of Jesus Christ. I told you last week about people who stopped me when I've been buying groceries for Becky, people who stopped me in the store, even with a mask on, and says, I know you, and then they will begin to talk to me, and they've told me about how you served, and somebody witnessed to them and shared with them the good news of Jesus, and they said, thank you. And I know, look at me, I know that's tough to share your faith story. I know it's tough to know when to make that bridge statement and to know the opportune time. To, you just don't come and just bomb somebody, you know. You, you have to be sensitive. Winston Churchill once said, there are three things that terrify a man. One is trying to climb a building that's leaning towards him. One's trying to kiss a woman that's leaning away from him. And the other is giving a speech to public. And so when you share your faith story, I know there's an element of courage that you have to do, but you've shared your faith genuinely. You've shared your faith joyfully. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1, 5, listen, I can do this, do what? His ministry, because of the partnership, that word is koinonia, because of the partnership we've had with you in the good news from the first day you believed until now. Paul is saying, you're helping make my ministry possible by sharing your faith. And that word koinonia, you've heard me talk about that before, but it means it's a word used for communion, like we just shared the cup together and the bread together. It's a word shared for our generosity and giving. It's a word shared for the unity that we have in the spirit of the Lord, but it's also a word that we have for fellowship. We are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. 
And as a teenager, I can remember we would sing that song together. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that one day our unity may someday be restored. And we'd lift our hands, and then we would embrace each other. Don't do that today. But we would embrace each other and love each other. And I can't tell you the students that I took as a youth pastor to outdoor events like this, like Jesus Orlando and Fishnet. And if you think today is warm, you should be in Orlando, Florida under the hot sun during a fishnet in the month of July because we wanted to worship the Lord together. So thank you for sharing your faith. And the third thing I want to say thank you for is thank God for your faithful stewardship. The way that you have given has just simply been amazing. Now let me be frank with you. We could not have served our community the way we've served our community if you had not been faithful with your tithes and with your offerings. Other people have heard it. Now, listen, this is huge. This has built my faith. And I don't think I had weak faith, but this has built my faith. Other people in our community and people who live out of state have heard about what we're doing through Facebook. And thank you for those that are watching Facebook. And they have been sending contributions to help us with missions, with community outreach. They have been sending missions to help the money to help us with benevolence. Let me use an old King James Version word here. Your giving has begat giving. Your giving has inspired other people to give. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Let me give you just one stat here. During this last three months, Woodland Church, because of your faithfulness in giving, Just to World Missions has been able to give $12,500 to the Lord and to World Missions. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise for that? That's an incredible amount of funds that God has used our church to do during this time. You have been the exception to the rule according to the newspapers. According to the newspapers, many churches are suffering. Churches are closing. Churches aren't able to continue to take care of those that are in need. Yesterday, I listened to a news story from a a, a Christian news source that I subscribe to, and they were talking about the closing churches that were collapsing during this COVID crisis. You have been the exception to the rule, and I want to say thank you because we've always prayed that we would not only be a house of prayer, but we would be a house of bread, and we would be able to bless others. And aren't you glad that God uses us to bless others instead of us being in the place where we need someone to give to us? I am so thankful for that. And there's something about giving that is a way of offering thanks to the Lord. Listen to what Paul wrote again in, in Philippians. How I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me again. I want you to get two things right there. Their giving caused him to worship. Your giving has caused other people to worship God. Your giving has caused other people to thank God. He says, you've concerned about me again. In other words, they've sent offerings before. I had one man from Virginia call me. He said, we've been watching you online. We've been following. He says, we're thankful for what your church is doing. You can count on us to regularly monthly give to Woodland Church. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise for that? I mean, I just think that's marvelous. I don't know how much he's given. I really don't care. That's, you know, I don't look at that. But the fact that I have seen, because I'm telling you, when this first started, I felt deep panic in my soul. Lord, what's going to happen to our families? What's going to happen to our community, our church? And, you know, I was praying for our companies, our small business people. I was praying with some of our political leaders. And I was just asking God to intercede and intervene. 
but God has been good to us here in Down River. Can you say amen to that? And God has been particularly good to Woodland Church. Well, let's go on with that verse. He said, I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. As you know, you Philippians were the only one who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. Listen to this. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. And what you need to understand, of all the churches Paul planted, he said of this church, no other church has helped me like you've helped me. No other church did this. Secondly, you need to know, this was not a rich church. This was a poor church. These were people that were hurting themselves, but out of their poverty they gave. Friends, I want you to know that when you have a grateful heart, you walk under the blessings of the open windows of heaven, and God abundantly supplies each and everything you need. But when you walk with grumbling and complaining, and you see no good in life, and you feel threatened, then all of a sudden it's like the windows of heaven close up because you forget that Jesus is Lord. God's got everything under control. Can we give him a hand of praise for that today? You see, here's something that I just wanted to share with you. Every time there's been a crisis, and I said this when this began, every time there has been a crisis, God has been faithful to Woodland Church. Now, you need to hear me. In some of the greatest crises this community has faced, God has been faithful to this church. We've never had to lay off staff. We've never had to stop our missions giving. We've never had to stop our benevolence ministries. When the, tsunami hit, uh, when the tsunami hit the Philippines and the tsunami hit Japan, Woodland Church responded. Woodland Church has responded to the Katrina crisis. We built three churches, and then we built three schools and three clinics in Bangladesh. We feed children around the world every single day. We gave the, almost all of the money for the new floor for the Home of Hope Orphanage in Bangladesh. We support Bread of Life feeding the hungry in the inner city of Detroit. We have persisted in planting or the revitalization of 17 churches across this country and in the metro area, Pontiac, New Baltimore, Detroit, Hamtramck, Mexican Town, Garden City, South Carolina, Albion, Trenton, New Boston, Roseville, Garden City, I said that one already, California, South Carolina. We have planted churches in Brussels. We have planted churches in Mexico. We have planted churches in Africa, we built one of the, helped build one of the floors of the Bible College in Addis Ababa, Africa. We planted a new church outside of Brussels, Belgium, where they said a church couldn't be planted. And today it's thriving and it's growing. We have helped with orphanages and schools. We have planted congregations right out of this church. Friends, I want you to know one of the reasons I believe that God has been so good to this congregation is God has been able to get it through us when he's got it to us. And if God can get it through you, God can get it to you. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise for that today? In Deuteronomy chapter 16 and verse 10, the scripture says, bring him, bring God, a voluntary offering in proportion to the blessings you have received from him. This is a time to celebrate before the Lord your God and celebrate with your sons and daughters. When you go home today, I'm asking you not just to go home and have a meal. I'm asking you not just to stop at your favorite restaurant and get some takeout or eat in there. I'm asking you, when you, if you gather in a restaurant, if you go to your home today, 
If you gather with family and friends on somebody's backyard deck or their patio, I want you to celebrate. I want you to give God thanks for his goodness to you during this time. And let your children hear you, feel your gratitude. Not just say it, but feel your gratitude. This is a time to celebrate the faithfulness of God. Can you say amen to that? Well, how do we make that transition? How do we make that transition to where we have grateful hearts? And you say, Pastor, why is this so important? Because I have people ask me about it all the time. I have people ask me at funerals. I have people ask me in the hospital. I have people ask me as I prayed with someone before I left the house this morning that's going through a crisis. And just as I was getting ready to leave, they called with tears. And so I prayed with them. And then I called somebody as I'm coming to church. Pray with them. They're going through a crisis. If you can stay focused on gratitude for what God has done for you. Now look at me. If you can stay focused on what God has done for you, the windows of heaven will remain open for you. So I want to tell you why you should do that. Look at your growth work with me. If you will stay focused on gratitude, you'll be ready for a miracle. I'm expecting miracles. We've already seen miracles. I'm proud of my country roots. I'm proud of my agrarian roots. I'm proud of my redneck family that I hail from. When my daddy danced in the middle of Manhattan, we told him he looked like a redneck, and he did it right there in the street, as I told you last year, but... I still remember him saying, I am proud to be a redneck. I'm thankful for my family. And I love those old country preachers that I preach. You think this is hot? You ought to be preaching inside a church with the windows open and no fans and the bugs flying all around you while you're preaching in South Georgia. But old country preacher said one time, he said, listen, if you pray for rain, you need to bring an umbrella. Think about that. If you pray for rain, you need to bring an umbrella. And then he looked at his congregation. He says, if you pray for rain, don't you dare complain about the mud. You see, every miracle will bring a fresh challenge. Every time God answers a prayer, there's going to be a challenge to come along with it. Oh, God, we need rain. And then you get the mud and you go, oh, God, take away the mud. We need sun. Sometimes when I read the Old Testament, I go, God, why couldn't they ever be happy? And one time I felt the Holy Spirit impress in my heart. Why can't you ever be happy? You see, gratitude changes everything. You see, we have to have expectant faith. We have to have faith that when everything is dry as a dust wall, that when everything is bleak, we still pray with gratitude. Paul says, I know both how to abound and I know how to suffer as well. I can do with, I can do without. You see, you have expectant faith. Because God times your faith equals possibilities unlimited. Look at me, Dad. I really want to talk to you men for just a second. God times your faith will produce a confident marriage and confident children. Because if your children see you being rattled by every financial crisis, and we're always going to have them in the metro area. If your family sees you being rattled by every single virus that comes along, be wise, wear your mask, use the hand sanitizer, Observe the, the rules. But listen, when they see your faith in the midst of a trial, you're going to give them confidence because they know dad 
If a wife knows her husband has confidence in God, he's overflowing with music in his heart. He's overflowing with the word of God in his heart. He's not trying to lord it, but he's walking, loving his wife and loving his children in submission. And if you're a single parent, like some of our single parents here at Woodland, and you're walking like this, you give to your children confident faith that they should have when, if without a dad because you give it to them. So ladies, I want to say thank you. I want to remind you that the world's largest church, pastored by Dr. Paul Youngie Cho, who said these words to me when I had a private conversation with him at the Sheraton Biltmore in Atlanta, Georgia. When Dr. Cho said to me, when I couldn't get the men to believe God, the women believed God with me. And that's why we have the world's largest congregation. There's something about gratitude that increases your faith. So if you need prayer today, pray for somebody else. If you need help today, help somebody else. If you need friends, be a friend to somebody else. If you need finances, then give financial assistance to somebody else. It's what the Philippians did. And the scripture says in Psalms 43, I will come closer to your very altar until I come before you, the God of my ecstatic joy. And I will praise you with a harp that plays in my heart. To you, my God, my magnificent God. Second thing is, if you have a grateful heart, your troubles will become blessings. Your troubles will become blessings. I think you know, in my life, I know that to be true. There are things that I am not bitter about, but I am grateful for. They've given me my story. They've given me my faith. You may not remember the name, but you're going to remember the story. Anne Heil, I think she pronounced it Hajeli. I'm not quite sure, but Anne Heil. You've heard her story on ABC. You've heard her story on Inside Edition. Maybe you've read her book. But Anne's a member of a spirit-filled church. Anne's a passionate follower of Christ. Anne's friends are passionate followers of Christ. And Anne and her friend Debbie went for a bicycle ride on one of the beautiful biking paths in California. And Anne passed the bicycle lane on the side of the road. <coughs> she didn't know whose it was, but she thought it was curious that somebody would leave an expensive bike on the side of the bike path. And as she went around the curve, suddenly there was a flash and she was slammed to the ground. And a mountain lion had grasped her in his, hip, in his mouth and was pulling Anne into the brush. And about that time, Debbie came around the curve and saw what happened and jumped off her bike and grabbed Anne's feet and began to try to pull her away from the lion, but the lion was too strong. And the lion kept adjusting his, his jaws, trying to get to Anne's neck so he could crush her windpipe. That's how a lion kills his prey. Debbie was screaming and and, and suddenly three other bicyclers, they came up and began to help. And other bikers began to help. And they started throwing rocks at the lion. And finally, one of them hit the lion in the head. And it let go, but it had tore half of Anne's face right off of her. By the time that the paramedics had gotten there, everybody was petrified with fear. They were trying to take care of Anne. But 20 foot away, the lion was staring at them. And as the dark came in, the, the paramedics were shining lights so they could keep the, light, the, the lion at bay because the light. He wanted to get her body. The missing bicycle, the absent bicycle, he had already killed the man riding that bicycle, and he wanted her. 
They got Anne to the hospital and finally were able to do several hours of facial reconstruction surgery, more surgery upon her. It took her months to recover. When Anne's husband got to the hospital, he passed out. When he saw her, when they revived him, he passed out again. So they laid him on a gurney beside her, and he just held her hand and prayed for her. Today, Anne is speaking across the nation. She was on CBN not long ago sharing her story of how God brought blessings out of this crisis. So many people would live with anger. So many people would live with bitterness. I've heard these sayings, where was God? Why didn't God do this? How could God, but not Anne. She gives God thanksgiving with her beautiful but disfigured face for what God has given she and her family the opportunity to do and to share of the faithfulness and the goodness of God. When it happened, one of Ann's friends in Kansas was praying. When they got together and compared notes, it was at the very time that the lion attacked her, but she felt compelled to pray. Always respond when the Holy Spirit leads you to pray. Sometimes you'll start out with something joyful. Sometimes you'll start out raising your child, and then all of a sudden you discover your child has some physical issues. Or sometimes you'll start out on a new career path and you'll find out that you have a non-diagnosed physical issue. But if like can, you will remember. Now listen, don't miss this. If you will remember that God brings trouble out of blessings, you will face your troubles and your trials with a different attitude that will make you a winner and cause the heavens to open up upon you. But if you complain, you shut off the blessings of God. Philippians 4.19 says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Friday, I had the opportunity to talk with someone that's faced with a crippling disease. And I said, You know, I don't want to touch you right now. It's not safe for you and it's not safe for me. But I said, you don't know my story. Let me tell you just a little bit. I said, it doesn't matter. God is in control. And I said, God can cause the lame to walk. God can give you nerves where there are no nerves. God is a healer. And it's why I ask you to hold that bread this morning and look at that bread. And remember that Jesus says, this is a symbol of my broken body given for you. And don't think that's just from my past. With every single name, I call out my grandson's name, Josiah, the Lord who heals. Because I know in my heart that God is a healing God. And my prayer Every single day of my life is let Josiah and I stand side by side and talk about the great God who heals. You see, gratitude will give you that kind of heart. And then finally this morning, you'll be remembered for your generosity. I'm out of time. So let me read you 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 7. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. 
and God will generously provide everything that you need. And then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Not one time, not one time in over 40 years of ministry have I ever tried to manipulate, control, or beg people. I've said, test God. Matter of fact, we have a standing invitation to this church. If you tithe for three months and you're a first-time tither and God doesn't meet your needs and you want your money back, you come to us. We'll give it back to you. God says, test me in this and see if I won't open the windows of heaven. In 21 years of pastoring this church, only one person came back. I still have that check in my top right-hand desk drawer. And he looked at me and he said, Pastor, I just wanted to see if you'd really do it. I said, here it is. It's already signed. It's yours. You can take it. You see, God is good. And if we'll walk with grateful hearts, we'll be a house of bread as well as a house of prayer. If we'll walk with grateful hearts, we'll expect to see miracles. If we walk with grateful hearts, we'll overflow with song, even when it's tough. If we walk with grateful hearts, the word of God will flow through us. And if we walk with grateful hearts, we won't be interested in trying to boss others. We'll be interested in trying to serve others. Can you say amen? So I've got a little test for you. You don't have to do it now, but sometimes today, what I'd like you to do is just look at this. Do you really believe you have so much in life to be grateful for? One means you have nothing. Seven means you're just over the top. You know you have so much to be grateful for. And then finally, do you really believe that if you wrote down your blessings, it would be a long, long list? You know, I started writing down my blessings this week because I always do what I ask you to do. I started writing down my blessings. And I mean, I started just filling up pages, thanking God for all the things he'd done. And then I thought, nobody's going to spend the time doing this, and I'm doing this right now. So I set a timer. Tap my watch. I set a five-minute timer, Wayne. And I said, how much can I write down in five minutes? And then I told myself, don't write anything you've already written. In five minutes, I filled up a page. I want to tell you something. A grateful heart will change your perspective. One of the first things I wrote wasn't about Becky, wasn't about my children, wasn't about you, it wasn't about salvation. It was about the chance we've had to prove the faithfulness of God during this COVID-19 crisis. I will be telling my grandchildren about this. I will be telling young preachers about this. Do you remember the Great Recession? Do you remember when your house lost half of its value? Do you remember we didn't need to borrow any money, but the banks came out and told us all of our property was worth half of what it was valued at before? Do you remember when we lost 12 tithing families in one quarter? Do you remember when people were being transferred out of here left and right. But do you remember 
that in every crisis, whether it was the, the N1 crisis, flu crisis, economic crisis, do you remember how faithful and how good God was to us during each and every time? One crisis gave me my first liquor salesman. I was so proud of that. I just went to the liquor store, not the liquor store, but the liquor section and the local Myers so I could take pictures of Paul Gorky putting up liquor on the shelves. And I said, Paul, I'm trying to pray you out of a job right now and to a new job. You see, God has always been faithful. Amen? Stand with me this morning and let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we have sang our praise to you this morning. Every song we sang came right out of the scriptures. Our hearts have been filled with psalms and hymns and spiritual melodies. Lord, we've celebrated communion right out of the scriptures. And that time of receiving your broken body and your shed blood, God, what a blessing it was. Lord, we have listened to your word. So there's music and there's meat deep within our souls. So I give you thanksgiving for the victory over sin, the victory over death, hell, and the grave. <laughs> Lord, I give you thanks that you've given us eternal life and that even when these bodies die, we know we're ushered into the presence of the Lord. I give you thanks that you've given us discernment to know when the enemy is whispering his discouraging, deceitful lies into our hearts. And I thank you that with the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and the shield of faith, he is crushed underneath our feet. I give you thanks today, Lord, that our sons will grow up to be men of honor, courage, faith, and be like oak trees of righteousness. I give you thanks that our daughters, Lord, will be like those graceful pillars that adorn the temple and fruitful vines as you describe them in the scriptures. I give you thanks, Lord, that our barns are filled to the brim and overflowing. I give you thanks that our work and our diligence prosper, for you prosper the hand of the diligent. And I give you thanks today there is no breach in the wall of faith around this church. The enemy cannot tunnel through. The enemy cannot come over, nor can he go beneath the blood-covered wall that protects your people today. I give you thanks, Lord, for the happy homes and happy marriages, happy children. I give you thanks today, Lord, that we experience these blessings when we love you and serve you with a grateful heart. Now, if somehow or another you've wandered away from your faith and maybe 
the Holy Spirit is convicting you right now and you know your heart has been filled more with complaining and grumbling than it has with gratitude. Would you just simply tell the Lord you're sorry? You don't have to shed a lot of tears. You don't have to beat your chest. Just turn from that. I encourage you to do what I did. Just ask the Lord to help you see things differently and to give you a grateful heart and a new eyes to see the world with. Or maybe you've wandered away from your faith or you've never even given your heart to Christ. And it's no accident that you're here today. I'm asking you, would you pray this prayer of faith with me right now? Say, dear Heavenly Father, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you could give thanks to die for my sins. You could give thanks to shed your blood for me. I'm so grateful. And I receive you as my Lord, my master, my boss, my savior. I ask you to rule and reign in my life as much as I know how. I commit my life to you today. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I love you so much. Thank you for being here today. This kind of reminds me of what my parents and grandparents used to tell me about old brush arbor services. If you don't know what that is, ask me and I'll tell you later. But thank you for being here. Don't forget, if this is your first time, we've got a gift for you right over here. You want to pick it up. Or if you're watching today or you prayed and you gave your heart to Christ, then if you'll just simply email me right here, we've got a gift we'd love to send you to help you get started with your walk of faith in Christ. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and eat some barbecue for me today. God bless you. You're dismissed.